The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome mystics, seekers, all of those with the desire to come up higher. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Morning, afternoon, whatever. Yes, <laughs> wherever you are. Uh, you know, today we continue our series on becoming an Ascended Master. And we're using the seven habits of highly effective people as formulated by Stephen Covey and seen through the lens of the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Now, in the uh, previous two programs in this five-part series, we covered the habits of being proactive, which paraphrased means taking the proverbial bull by the horns. You got something to do? Don't wait. Initiate. Make things happen. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. You know, we often say here that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. But when you know where you're going and have a clear visualization of that goal, you're far more likely to achieve that goal. In this case, we're talking about our ascension. And this, by the way, is the basis for our assertion that you are, in fact, an ascended master in the making. Your ascension is a demonstration of your mastery. So today we'll address habit number three on the list, put first things first. And when you look at this and the other habits, you are struck by their simplicity and how obvious they are. Now we stress all the time that the ascended master's teachings are always practical, And again, this is why we have chosen to show the close association of the Ascended Master's teachings with Stephen Covey's seven habits. Now, going back to our four essential questions, who am I, why am I here, where am I going, and how do I get there, this habit falls squarely into the how do I get there category. So today we'll talk about how to get where we're going and how important it is to always carry this specific focus within us. For us, beginning with the end in mind means what? And again, in this case, beginning with the end in mind is the ascension. And so, what do we put first? What do we put first? Yeah. Well, we have our to, ascension. Yeah, yeah, the ascension and <laughs> or seeking the kingdom of God, which is really the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's uh, we were just talking before the show about how the most important thing to do is when you wake up in the morning is to do that thing that you fear the most, and and it'll get it out of the way, and you'll be. It'll be a little bit more of a downhill after that, but but you have to say to yourself, okay, well, today I have to remember I'm seeking my ascension. That's my goal in life. What's the next best thing to do that will get me there? And, and what I do today matters on that path. Yes, it's just one day in a seemingly endless stream, but as we know, <laughs> it's not endless. Right. And, you know, I think it was Paul that said, you know, what is your life but a vapor? You know, it passeth away very quickly. 
And when you're engaged in life, when you have family, when you have a job, when you're in school, of course you don't think of those things. You think of achieving the very practical goals of the day. And there's nothing the matter with that. But if you don't prioritize what you're doing, the days turn into weeks, the months, the years, the decades, and next thing you know, gosh, what did I accomplish with my life? Yeah, and you know what you're referring to, Terry, I think is that we have a tendency to put things off. Right. That, yeah. Oh, I don't want to, I'll, put, I'll do that later. I'll, I'll procrastinate that one. I'll do these other things, but that one, yeah, I don't know. So getting it out of the way is, of course, is a good idea. Yeah. I'm not sure we always have the option or the opportunity to get the worst thing out of the way first thing. But if we wake up saying, God, I'm here to do your will. Yes. You know, then it makes it a bit easier. And then your Holy Christ self will speak to you and say, well, then, Terry, if, that, if that's the case, here's the next best thing for you to do. If yeah. you're listening. <laughs> if you're, if <laughs> yeah, exactly right. right. I mean, Take pay, off pay attention. You know, some people yeah. keep busy and they keep sound on all the time so they don't have to think. They drown out. They drown out any yeah. sense of going within. And that's an escape hatch as much as alcohol is an escape hatch in some ways. And so... We have to have time each day. If we're going to know God's will, if we're going to act on it, if we're going to prioritize our day, we have to have a time to listen, active listening. Yeah, and no matter what time of day it is, you keep your eyes on the prize. You know, we were talking before the show about how simple these things, ultimately, these are so practically simple that easy, easy to overlook. Well, it's got to be more complicated than that. Yeah. But you're saying you can measure your, your progress on the path by how well and consistently you maintain your priorities, you know? Because that's how you achieve goals. And by that discipline, then you bring the other factors into play, which is love, humility, you know, all the the, 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 the opposite of the seven deadly sins, so to speak, right. all the positive things that we have to embody. Now, this is not a mechanical process <clears throat> where you take all the, the best of the world's teachings and apply them because they work. Yeah. It's taking the world's teachings, in this case, Stephen Covey's teachings, which are very powerful if you implement them in your life and coupling that with your spiritual path, then it helps to make it very practical and very real on a day-to-day basis. And each of these habits is a spiritual precept. I mean, you know, for example, this one we're talking about today, where you have uh, a sense of that prize that you're seeking and you know that if you really truly want it, you'll follow the steps you have to take to get there. It's simple. I mean, I think we maybe even overstress the simplicity of this. There's nothing complicated about this. It's not rocket surgery. <laughs> rocket as <it> surgery. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I'm just looking at my notes here. You know, first of all, we have to imagine or visualize what it is that we've come to do, what our main main yeah. goal in life yeah. is. And then we have to bring that into the physical. So we have to, it's like we've talked about the clock. And if you study the cosmic clock, you can see that from the 12 to the 6 is where you kind of go through that, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing. And from the 6 back to the 12 is where you kick it in gear and you do it. And you make it all the way back to, you know, most people fail at the 11 o'clock, what we call the 11 o'clock line. They don't click it all the way back and finish their project. And I think we've been admonished not to stop working toward our ascension until the very instant that we ascend. Absolutely, because you never know what, it's not done until it's done, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And things can get distractive. And if we, you know what, it's interesting, I read the greatest danger to people's ascension is spiritual pride. Yes. They may have great attainment and made great progress, balance a ton of karma, but if they have that pride in themselves, then they're vulnerable, and they may lose their ascension because of it. Oh, I think we have a, a listener calling in. <laughs> you know, there's another point here I'd like to make about these these habits. 
the first three, the ones we've been talking about these last three weeks, including today, be proactive, put first things first, and keep your eyes on the prize, you know, doing what's needful to be done. These are all part of what uh, we refer to sometimes as that changeless inner core. These are things that we would recognize as helping us to identify what's really important to us. Right. So when you're proactive, you're proactive for a reason. You're not, you're initiating for something that you want. So that when you put that concept in your, in your day-to-day, you know, just your, your process, then you know why you're doing what you're doing. Then you have the putting the first things first is basically as, just as simple as saying, I know where I'm going. I know what I have to do to get there. And I just commit myself to that. And, and that's it. And, and to couple that, you need an understanding of what it takes to get there. Well, and that's something you you discover along the way. Yeah. I mean, you realize and you get, whoa, this is a little bigger than I thought. Yeah. But at another part of it, it's not because as you do it day by day, whatever your age, you could be 80 or 18, it doesn't matter. You address the needs of the day. You ascend daily. You don't ascend all at once. You ascend daily by the choices you make and the actions you take, balancing your karma, using the violet flame, you know, tidying up those physical karmas that have to be attended to. You know, it, you need to be attentive to the path. It's not a fanaticism, but it's an attentive to the details. And this is true of anything you're doing, whether you're a cello player, you know. I mean, how do you gain that master? You practice, you work at it, you strive. It's the same thing with the spiritual path. And we say this reminding ourselves that we're not perfecting the human. We're developing mastery in terms of how we use energy, which God gives us every day, in the right habits. And today we're talking about prioritizing. So you have to gain a mastery in these skills, but it's not the human mastery that will get to you to heaven. They are tools that you use as you move forward spiritually and realize the spiritual life is more than just, you know, 11 to 12 on Sunday mornings and <laughs> thinking God will take care of the rest. Yeah. So you, you combine these things, these wonderful habits that are successful in life with your spiritual path, and then you can really take, as they say, that giant leap forward. You know, and in, in I think this needs to be said that as we talk about putting first things first and we have this ultimate goal in mind, you also have families, jobs, other interests and, and priorities in your lives. You don't want to neglect those either. I mean, you've got to find this balance so that right. everything is working towards the same goal, but you don't arbitrarily ditch the family in favor of, you know, the, the, well, the what, goal. You, you know, don't I become would, fanatical. Yeah, know? exactly. I was speaking to a lady recently who was relatively new to our teachings, and her husband's not in the teachings. And she's become very enthusiastic about practicing the decrees and going to service and so forth. And she feels a conflict because, obviously, it's Saturday nights. Her, her husband wants to do something besides going to a decree service. So, you know, I assured mm-hmm. her that you need to be balanced to give him the time that he deserves at her husband and allow him to give you the time that she needs to be for her spiritual path. In other words, respect him. He may not follow these teachings, but you're married. Honor that what he does. He's a good provider and so forth for her. And so you find that balance, you know, and you do what you can. And the temptation might be to... To, if you jettison that relationship, you might be jettisoning your karma. Yeah. You know, so you got to be careful. Now, you said the word, I think, balance. You find that place where it's all part of the process. Yeah. It's not exclusionary. It's inclusionary. Right. I, I remember uh, uh, hearing that Elizabeth Clare Prophet once told somebody, you leave your husband alone. He's, <laughs> he's just fine where he is. Yeah. yeah. And, and we don't preach. No. No, we, it, we allow we don't. That's, a, that's what we do here every week. No, no, every no. Week. <laughs> what I mean is, you know, like Mother Mary said, you, you take people where they are. You, yeah. you don't, you know. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and so, 
you know, that's that what I love about the balance of the practicality of these teachings. So you, I don't want to say you're a juggler, but in a way, you've got your spiritual yeah. life, your family life, your work life. Don't neglect any of them. Right. And most importantly, don't neglect your spiritual life. Because if you do, you'll suddenly find yourself older, <laughs> if not old, and you say, what have I done? When I think about my life, I am grateful for every moment that I engage in something spiritual practice in terms of the violet flame to balance my karma in terms of service to others. And yes, I had a job to provide for my family and so forth, and that was great. But I never lost that vision that that was the priority each day along with the practical things we do. And that's the equation in this age that we need to put together to do all we need to do to balance our karma in the physical and to make our spiritual growth and progress. Indeed. Right? You know, coming up in just a few moments, we're going to listen to um, continuation of the lecture we've been playing parts of over the last three weeks from Elizabeth Clare Prophet talking about these seven habits. And this was during a summer university lecture some time back. Anyway, it's very interesting because as she gives you her perspective on this, which is the Ascended Master perspective, you'll hear exactly what we're talking about. You'll hear about the balance. You know, the, the, the need to understand that, that karma is part of this process. All kinds of issues that come into play here. So it comes from perhaps the simplistic mundane to the very high spiritual concept, all in the course of a couple of comments. So, you know, it's the, the, the question is, something has to take first place in your life. What is it for you? So when we come back, we'll hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet answer that question. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Um, this is The Open Door, where today we're talking about the uh, seven habits of highly effective people. And we're translating that into the question, or actually the statement, how to become an ascended master. This is the third in a five-part series. And today we're talking about putting first things first, prioritizing whatever it is that we wish to accomplish in our lives and keeping the eye, our eyes on the prize, as it were. So what one thing could you do right now that would make a real difference in your life? Well, here is Elizabeth Clare Prophet with an answer. I'm going to give you now a summary of the seven habits of highly effective people with some comments. Stephen R. Covey is chairman of the Covey Leadership Center and the Nonprofit Institute for Principle-Centered Leadership. Principle-Centered Leadership. His firm teaches personal and organizational leadership development worldwide. All of us can benefit from a little more knowledge about leadership. Of course, the first person we have to lead is ourself. How do we lead ourself? And so these are the seven habits that he has formulated. We come then to habit three. Put first things first. First things have to be first in your life. Those things change their priorities based on events, tragedies, triumphs, situations. All of a sudden, a priority is here where it was there because something has to take first place in our life. If it isn't already a crisis, it will become one if we don't put it first. Covey asks us to answer two questions. He says the answers we give will be important as we consider habit three. Question number one, write it down. What one thing could you do that you aren't doing now that would make a tremendous positive difference in your personal life if you did it on a regular basis? What one thing could you do that would make a tremendous positive difference in your personal life if you did it on a regular basis? Question two. What one thing in your business or professional life would bring similar results? Your business or professional life. So you make one big change in your personal life one big change in your professional life instead of trying to do all kinds of things at once. This is like asking the Blessed Mother for one grace. When we ask for the grace, we will have to nurture it. We'll have to tend it as the rarest flower in our garden. We'll have to put it on and assimilate it. We'll have to eat it. 
We'll have to let it purge and purify us. We'll have to let ourselves experience the pain or the bitterness in the belly and also let ourselves experience the bliss. Covey says putting first things first means employing principles of personal management. It's the key to the second creation, the physical creation. The first creation is the mental creation by the imagination, by creativity. The second is the physical creation. It's the day in, day out, moment by moment, doing it. Doing it. A lot of people are mentally polarized. They confuse thinking about something with doing it. Lasting success involves both independent will and discipline. E.M. Gray wrote, The successful person has the habit of doing the things failures don't like to do. They don't necessarily like doing them either. But their disliking is subordinated to the strength of their purpose. If you want to get somewhere, you will do anything to get there, including things you don't particularly like to do. I was counseling a chila only yesterday. And he was telling me of all those things that he just didn't like to do in his service. And he couldn't quite clearly see that doing those things would get him through and beyond that created self that is created by the parents, the psychological self, the self that simply says, I like being the way I am and I don't want to change. Oh yes, I would really like to be a chila, but I don't want to change. That is what he said to me, with tears in his eyes. And he had not put together the two and two equals four. If you want to be a successful chila, you will have to roll up your sleeves and do a lot of things that you don't like to do. And you will look around yourself when you've moved a few mountains of doing things you don't like to do, and you'll look at the people that are way back there in the distance that haven't even picked up the shovel yet. And those people are failures. And if you go and interview them, they will tell you all of the circumstances in their lives that prevented them from succeeding because they didn't have the gumption to get up and do something that they thought just wasn't worthwhile doing. There is an amazing consciousness in this world. Parents and parents of yourselves, just for the sheer self-discipline of it, make yourself do some things you don't like doing. I was telling him I did all kinds of things I didn't like doing, including sitting there and counseling him. (laughs) I was just kidding, of course, because (laughs) I really was loving counseling him because he really needed it, and he was so stuck in a rut that if I just didn't lift him up out of this rut and put him in a higher rut of a spiritual action that I knew he was not going to change in another year and another year. So 
How come nobody ever told us how to put things together and make things work and get where we're going? Well, perhaps we weren't listening. Perhaps we weren't observing. There have been successful people throughout the centuries. All of us have had to have heard about a few of these people who have been great successes. Sure, a few of them were lucky. And that's who people like to look at, the lucky ones who just happen to be somewhere at the right time. Those are not the people to pattern yourself after. Those are the people that you leave alone and say, praise God, they got a break. But that break was their good karma. So let them enjoy their good karma. If we are really willing to look and study people, we will see that every successful person is a formula to success. And if we really want to be successful, we'll find out what makes them tick and how they got where they were going. That's what Napoleon Hill's book is all about, and I suggest you get that book, The Law of Success. I suggest you read his other books, because he went about interviewing all kinds of famous people who were successful, and the stories in the book tell you why these people became multi-multi-millionaires, what were the principles that they practiced in life whereby they were making good karma, putting out good energy, giving more than was expected of them, and reaping the rewards and the return. Covey says that having a mission, a clear sense of direction and value, a burning yes inside, makes it possible to say no to other things. Saying no to other things. I have said thousands and thousands and thousands of no's to other things all of my life. Because I always had a sense that I knew where I was going and what I had to do to get there. And I would not let anything else get in my way. This is the momentum I have, but I've noticed that if you don't practice that momentum, you can think you have it and it might be slipping. You have to constantly be on the alert to defend your life, your energy, your time to do what your mission is. Covey suggests creating a weekly schedule rather than just a daily schedule. Your weekly schedule should include time for what is most important to you. I have found that when you don't include in your schedule what is most important to you, it encourages negative feelings, like you're not properly nurturing yourself or nurturing your cause. What is most important to you, which means you have to decide, of course, what is most important to you. This is fascinating. You know, having a purpose is a burning yes inside that makes it possible to say no to other things. Sounds like a bumper sticker, doesn't it? Yes, Just it say no to yeah. other things. <laughs> it does. I kind of like that anyway. Yeah. Well, please stay with us because when we return, we'll continue with this excerpt from this lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the seven habits of highly effective people, particularly today, putting first things first. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, welcome back, everyone. Um, So, question... How do we put first things first? One of the answers we just heard was to simply schedule time for priorities. Here's more. Scheduling time for priorities is fundamental to effective personal management. According to current time management theory, two factors define an activity, urgency and importance. Effective people stay away from activities, whether urgent or not, that are simply not important. You have to decide what's unimportant in your life, get rid of it, and don't let it waste your time. Unimportant things are big time wasters. They also reduce the need for crisis management by spending more time on preventive maintenance, preparation, long-range planning, relationship building, exercising, recreation, the important but not urgent activities. These activities contribute to our mission, our values, our high priority goals. Every one of the seven habits is in this category. Every habit deals with fundamentally important things which, if done on a regular basis, would make a tremendous positive difference in our lives. 
to say yes to important priorities, you have to learn to say no to other activities, sometimes apparently urgent things. So I'd like to give you a story that Covey uses to demonstrate this point. The point of being able to say yes when you can say yes and say no when you have to say no. Some time ago, my wife was invited to serve as chairman of a committee in a community endeavor. She had a number of truly important things she was trying to work on, and she really didn't want to do it. But she felt pressured into it and finally agreed. Then she called one of her dear friends to ask if she would serve on her committee. Her friend listened for a long time and then said, Sandra, that sounds like a wonderful project, a really worthy undertaking. I appreciate so much your inviting me to be a part of it. I feel honored by it. For a number of reasons, I won't be participating myself, but I want you to know how much I appreciate your invitation. Sandra was ready for anything but a pleasant no. She turned to me and sighed and said, I wish I had said that. Covey says, I don't mean to imply that you should not be involved in significant service projects. Those things are important. But you have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage pleasantly, smilingly, non-apologetically to say no to other things. And the way you do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. A bigger yes burning inside. The enemy of the best is often the good. You can't do your best when you split yourself up to do all these good things. Where is your best achievement? It is fragmented. It is interrupted. The creative spiral is interrupted. When you have a real fire in yourself to accomplish something, I have found that the best way to do it is to burn the midnight oil. And that's the way my psyche works. That's the way my being works. Keep in mind that you are always saying no to something. That's Covey's statement. If it isn't to the apparent, urgent things in your life, it is probably to the more fundamental, highly important things. Even when the urgent is good, the good can keep you from your best, keep you from your unique contribution if you let it. Even in an urgent situation, are there others who can take care of it? Usually there are, but if there is no one, you do have to leave off that mission, that most definite major purpose. You do have to run and rescue the child rescue the situation. You do have to tend to these things. There are times when you have to say yes, and when you do in those situations, you're sacrificing a little portion of your Christhood. You're laying down your life for your friend and a little portion of your mission that Jesus said he could lay down his life and take it again. You can redouble your efforts Regroup your forces and continue on in the direction of your purpose. 
But when you are on the path of the Ascended Masters, you will make the right decision to not always say no when you perceive that that need is real and you are the only one around who can really meet that need. That is not pride. That's knowing who you are. That's knowing what your mission is, that you are there to help when you are called. Yes, well, when you're on the path of the Ascended Masters, you will learn what to say yes to and what to say no to and get on with your mission of ascending and becoming an Ascended Master. You know, Tom, can I share a little different uh, thought about the same principle? Sure, yeah. And that is when you embark on a spiritual path and you say, I'm going to discipline my life, I'm going to plan it, this is what I'm going to do. For example, we give devotions and use the science of spoken word every day of our lives. That's a priority for us. And when you're first embarking on these teachings, what happens when you try and set that priority? Any ideas? (laughs) Things come up, (laughs) right? Things come up, yeah. Things come up to try and keep you because... As we know, if you read the screw tape letters, there are little demons that want to keep you from doing those things that will make spiritual progress. And for example, what I found early on is when I was getting ready to do my decrees, something would pop in my head that mm-hmm. I had to do. And this is like, you know, I give sermons periodically in our church. Same thing happens. I'll sit down to write my sermon. All of a sudden, I remember, oh, I haven't changed the water filter uh, for some time and uh, things like that. So you have to be able to know what your priorities are and to act on them and not let these things distract you. <laughs> Speaking like, of which, like the phone there, I guess. We have another. We have another call in. <laughs> <laughs> I've got mine. Is it on the computer there? Uh, yeah. But anyway, we're, 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 this is a perfect God. example. A little demon. Hello, this is God. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Perfect little demon calling <laughs> in. Oh, my gosh. You know, that did break my train of thought, obviously. Well, the, how, how important. Yeah, yeah, right during so, your whole, the, exactly what you were saying. Can you remind me about. what I was talking about again? <laughs> well, you get ready to do your devotions, no, and then. He knows. And what I learned was, what I learned was, you got to do it first thing in the morning. You, you, yeah, you talked about that. It's not the hardest thing. But if you don't insist on the time. I mean, if you, you know, that's why I love getting up early because everybody else is sleeping. So there's nothing to distract you, so to speak. So what I'm saying is be alert to these things that not only when people come to you with issues, but when things happen in your own life, you know, I mean, theoretically, I could wait another day to change the water filters and still work on the sermon. You know, I mean, it's so I have to learn to say no to those things to distract me or this is a good time to clean up my office. Then I'll be able to work better. Right. It's very subtle, you know, this morning, sometimes not so subtle. But in any way, again, this is uh, putting first things first. Whatever I do today, and as Mrs. Prophet said, if there's a real need, you attend to it. If there's yeah. a sick child, if there's something that has to be attended, you do it. But other than that, you need to prioritize your spiritual disciplines, again, in balance. But for most people, getting up early in the morning is a really good solution. Or if it's late at night, it's better for you to do that. And, you know, she stressed the point that a lot of things that come in as seeming distractions are good things, but that the good can keep you from your best. Yeah, I think it's a remarkable point to make. Is that even if it's a good thing, doesn't mean you have to do it. If your the your sense of urgency and the sense of importance are such that you know what you have to do first. You know, I remember Mrs. Prophet told the story about what you know. Obviously, I don't know how many books she's written. Is it fifty or something? I don't know oh, what the more, number is. One hundred nineteen, something like that. But anyway, she described what she had to do to write a book. And we think, well, she has all this knowledge, and she probably sits down and dictates it, right? No, that no. didn't quite work that way. <laughs> 
you know, and, and what it took to overcome that resistance, that opposition to what she was doing, and the fire and intensity it required. And again, not allowing herself to be distracted. She would position herself sometime where she was not taking outside calls because she was working on a book. And of course, every force of death and hell was opposed to that book coming forth. Yeah. So you have to have that balance of understanding, as she suggested, when do you say yes and when do you lovingly say no? And another point in addition to amplify that point is you sometimes have to do things you don't like. And she quoted E.M. Gray saying that the successful person has the habit of doing what failures don't like to do. Yeah. You know, so their dislike is subordinated to the strength of their purpose. So whatever it is that might seem onerous, well, I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, as Terry said, I'll, I'll eat that frog first. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a book I was referencing. A book called "Eat That Frog," which which basically is saying, "Do the do the hardest thing you can <laughs> first thing in the morning." So, but anyway, there's a, you know you can do ten good things and completely fail to do the best thing for that day. You know, another the way this works is sometimes you know we have to be loving with others, but sometimes we accommodate them to avoid doing the tough thing, the tough love, so to speak. You know. And, and talking to them and sharing, you know, this is really not going to work for me. The way, you know, whether it's a, a husband and wife or a family relationship or a work relationship, a lot of times people will do everything they can to avoid that time where they do need to say something, you know. Well, saying no is not easy. Yeah. No, it's it's a very hard <laughs> thing to do. It took me a long time to learn how to do it, so to speak. I think it was um, was the St. Francis who said in one point, I, two things I'd like to be able to say is no and I don't know. <laughs> you know. Really? I mean, there's there's humility there, but there's also great learning in that we have to know what yeah. to say yes to. We've got to prioritize. We don't have that many. We, our time is not unlimited. And our Holy Christ self will really tell us what the what the it's best great thing to point. do is. If we, if we tune into that still quiet voice within, we'll know what to do. And you have yeah. to be careful of rationalization. I remember <laughs> many, many years ago when I was in Summer University, a fellow was in there with me. When he graduated, he decided he was going to go to Central America and uh, find gold there. And he was going to find this gold mine, and he was going to give all this money to the church so they could do all these wonderful things. Well, it was kind of a rationalization as part to get from, as Mrs. Prophet says, the need to change. Now, he was going to do all these great things. Well, of course, what happened, he just disappears. And so you have to be careful to know what the will of God is for your life. And his, the will of God for him might have been to work in the kitchen and do the pots and pans, to mm-hmm. work on something in his human consciousness that needs to go and put on something spiritual. So it's not the outer glamour that we're looking for, it's that what is it you need at this point in time? And that takes attunement to know whether you say yes or no, where I'm going here or going there. And it takes prioritization. Indeed. Isn't there a book, The Power of Yes? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I'm just seeing that this, you know, the corollary, of course, is The Power of No. Yeah. It's very difficult to do that. We're, you know, <clears throat> repeating the point we made a moment ago, but basically being able to prioritize your life means you've got to say no to good things in order to get the best things done. Yeah, I know if my wife asked me to take out the trash, and I say, no, honey, I'm meditating right now. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> you know how far that would get me, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, boy. Well, on that note, we, we better take a break right now. Uh, we'll be back to um, wrap up this program on the seven habits of highly effective people, particularly the one, number three, putting first things first. So please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. 
Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you, everyone, for staying with us. We're very happy that you're here and part of this mandala. Today, we're talking about the um, effectiveness of good habits. And we're using the um, seven habits of highly effective people as formulated by Stephen Covey. I'm looking at those through the lens of the Ascended Master's teachings, which happen to dovetail quite nicely here. Today, we're putting uh, first things first by talking about first things first. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there are many, many points we've heard in the course of just our commentary, but listening to Mrs. Prophet talking about this particular habit. And one of the things that kind of came out of this is that we don't want to make excuses. I mean, basically, we've got to know where we're going, and we've got to have the fortitude to go through whatever we have to go through to get there. And instead of making excuses, we make progress. And one of the ways in which we couch that is, are you a victim or a victor? Yeah. You know? It, it's amazing. And, and you only have to look at people that have had incredible, whether they be disabilities, physical, or challenges in their lives that Ellen have Keller. overcome them <laughs> and, and moved on. And I can think of, of one, and I used to live in Minneapolis. There was a dear lady there that was brought up in a very abusive home where her father was a drunk used to beat her, beat her mother and sometimes beat the children as well. Now, there, there is an equation. If you want an excuse for not being successful in life and having trauma and, psych- and problems or whatever, there, that's a good one to start with, isn't it? <laughs> and, but what she did, she dedicated herself to serving people. And she opened a homeless shelter to feed them, to clothe them. She opened up a place for children to come and safety and so forth. So she reversed that, if you see what I mean. And, and so instead of saying, oh, you know, I had this terrible childhood, you know, the world owes me something. She turned around and did something about it, became the example of what she didn't want to happen to others. And, and of course, we can, you can come up with thousands of these type examples uh, to do that. And, um, you know, it's the attitude that you bring to it, that I'm going to be victorious to this. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm asking God to work through me, you know, to, to overcome this. And understanding that, it changes, it, it, it's a turn in your life. And you know what? You're happier. Yeah. You know what? You want happiness? <laughs> this is one way of doing it, is, is taking the challenges you have, accepting them, and have a positive way. I'm going to find a way to make this work. You know, a great example of this is, and I've seen it read repeatedly, about parents have a child with a rare disease. It's so rare that nobody bothers to do any research on it. And how many times has it happened where the, the parents then would initiate 
a, you know, research to find a cure for that right. thing. Oh, yeah. In other words, instead of just saying all is lost, we can't do anything, they take the action that will change things. Yeah, and they create a foundation and, and everything, you know, yeah. comes from that. Well, I think we know in hu- it's human nature, it's easier to make excuses than it is to make commitments. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's unfortunately, sometimes our society encourages that. You know, I well, mean, they, they enable people who are going through some hardship. Oh, you're a poor baby. You know, they're, they're not enabling the victory. Right. They're enabling the victimhood. Yeah. It's like the difference between giving someone that's hungry in Africa food, which sometimes is appropriate to do. But again, if you give them the means to create food, et cetera, then they can take charge of their lives. And just think of the self-respect that they have then because they're doing, we give them the tools or someone that they can do what they need to do to feed their family. What does that do for their entire psyche? And their entire, you know, world. And so um, what you bring to things, the attitude, you know, uh, victim, uh, excuse me, victim versus victor. Victor versus victim, you know. And a lot of it is your attitude that you bring. Uh, And I'm continually impressed with these people that make it through these death camps and these concentration camps. You read those stories. They're amazing. You you read them. We just had a man here in in, – in uh, our state that just passed away. He was almost 100 years old, I think. But he saw himself lecturing to people when he got out of the camp, you know. Well, and, Victor Frankl did that. Yeah. And and just he visualized, you know, the, vic- the victory after all this was done. Yeah, You know, th- that brings up a very important point here that we haven't stressed enough, I don't think, yet. And that is we're talking about habit, not just talking about precept right. or concept. We're talking about habit that we understand these things are ex- useful if we do them every day, if we practice, if we if we repeat, if we don't do that, we can't say it once and expect it to be like a magic pill. Is oh, it's going to be all different now? Well, well that's the, Mrs. Prophet was talking about people being in a rut, right? And of course, what happens is there can be obviously it's very easy to have wrong habits. We all know that. <laughs> but if you start building on right habits, then that will also create a channel for the energy to flow. It won't be a rut; it'll be a highway that <laughs> yeah, will take you to a higher good. spiritual level. And that, for instance, you know, I can't do decrees every day. You know, I can't. I can't do that. I'm I'm much too busy a person. Maybe <laughs> once a week. Yeah. Well, that's fine if you want to stay there and start out where you can. But if you want to get where you're going, you want to have that level of protection for yourself and your family. You want to balance karma. This is an everyday thing. <laughs> it doesn't mean. God doesn't love you if you don't do it every day, but at a certain point, if you can order your life to do that, it's to your advantage. Well, and you know, I, I know people, I've done this myself, where I've said, well, you know, God knows my intention is good. You know, well, maybe he does, but he also is looking at me to be consistent, well, to be dependable. You know, I've, I've, I don't want to overload, overuse <laughs> this quote, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly, that's <laughs> where know? I was going. So it's, it's a plane <laughs> of action. What is the next most practical thing you can do that's the need of the hour? And that's true in terms of your day-to-day professional life or your work or your family or whatever, but it's also true of your spiritual life. You know, many people used to go to Mrs. Prop and say, what's God's will for my life, you know, and God wants you to be a senator, you know, or, I mean, that's not the way it works, you know, and if you don't know the will, you have to find it for yourself, and she would counsel them, what is the next most practical thing you do to further where you need to go, and that may be a, a something with your work or your service or your family, or it may be something spiritual. What's the next most practical thing to do? It's a step in the right direction. And does it matter if you like it or not? <laughs> Tom, uh, let's talk about delegation because that's one of the points that we want to make. That that will help you. People that know how to delegate uh, are people that, in a sense, know how to say no. In other words, uh, 
I think the you know Henry Ford, for instance, he had ten buttons on his desk, and he'd push <laughs> he'd push the one that where somebody could come to the office and answer the question or do the job or whatever. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to do it all, and so we we sh- you know good delegators don't try to do it all. They they've developed a habit. They've they've but developed they a highway. They don't delegate away their responsibilities either. Yeah, they, no, no, but still, the, this whole delegation is a wow. That's something that I you know parents do this because. About. I believe me, I know from experience, it's easier to do it yourself than to tie and get your child to do it, right? <laughs> right. Or it's easier to make the cake rather than to teach the little girl that's standing on the stool how to do it so she can, you know, it's teach a man it, to but fish. But it's the principle, yeah. yeah. And so that's where the highest interest of people. So again, we're all learning use of energy, mastery of energy, and not to become victims of those that try and steal our time and our energy from that which is necess- which is our real responsibility, which we all have in terms of this living and then our spiritual opportunity and disciplines because they will try and pull you away from that. And speaking of spiritual disciplines, last week we told you about this brand new book, Violet Flame, The Alchemy for Personal Change, which is now available through our bookstore. I failed to mention the fact that it is not available in bookstores out there yet. It's probably going to be March of 2017. So all of you listening have an inside opportunity here to get your copy of this book by going to tsl.org slash do violet flame that's tsl.org slash do violet flame that'll take you to the website the bookstore where you can actually if you want you can purchase your own copy of this incredible new book which is kind of the violet flame manual it's the handbook it's it's beautiful beautifully done beautiful visuals And, and you know i think it's an understanding again one of the concepts I was trying to grapple with and I found the teaching is how I balance all my karma that's remaining in one life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I even realized how much I did have <laughs> at the time. But the violet flame is another daily discipline that is key to making your ascension. It's, it's, a great the, head- it's the great gift to our spiritual path in this age. That coupled with the requirement of only having to balance 51% of your karma to make your ascension. I mean, the opportunity is here if we'll take it. And so prioritizing you know, the violet flame, is a, it's an ongoing thing. You work it every day to take the karma that comes to you every day and, and either mitigate it or transmute it completely. If you don't do it, you don't do it. And the karma accumulates. And it is a habit. It's the, it's the modern day spick and span. <laughs> that is, spick and span was what it's I... It's the cosmic eraser. Yeah. I washed the floor with when I was a little boy. But, you know, again, I just want to stress that the violet flame is an incredible gift to humanity. It's an incredible gift to you and me. This is a habit of highly effective spiritual seekers well it's been released to the planet on a whole whereas whereas in previous times only the very high initiates uh, yeah. say in the himalayas were able to uh, have yeah, access it was in, to it in the 1930s it was first released and it's here if we'll use it if we don't yeah. use it, it doesn't do us any good indeed right. so tsl.org slash do violet flame also we have violetflame.com where you can sign up for the violet flame challenge and the Violet Flame Vigil. Much more of that in detail on the site, violetflame.com. Wow, those are powerful. They are. Well, links. you know, this is this is part of the habits of highly effective uh, spiritual seekers. It is. Ascension it is. seekers. Yeah. So. Well, boy, this program shot right on by. <laughs> Doing the next best thing. What is it? Put the put first things first. That's yes. that's the command from from this show. And don't neglect your spiritual path because if you do, yeah. nothing will happen. 
So how can people, oh, you know, I want to invite people to send in their questions because I think we're going to start answering those questions on the air. Uh, That's right. We talked about that. I think it's an excellent idea. And we won't mention your name. It'll be Jane Doe, John Doe, but we'll definitely give her your questions and we'll do our best to answer them. Yeah, yeah, we will. And so you can contact us at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org, and we're going to have fun with that. We'll be reading those emails on the air. We look forward to hearing from you all. So do send in your comments, your questions, your concerns, and we'll have to answer them as we can. In the meantime, we'd like to say, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, (laughs) the rewards are out Out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.